Hello, I'm Thomas Decker, John Connor from Terminator, Sarah Connor Chronicles, and you are listening to Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Awesome. <laughs> are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. And now, bringing you the latest in science fiction movies and television shows, here are your here hosts. Are your here This is a capital. We have a little problem with our empathy. So we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I have a bad feeling about this. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This is episode 156. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And hello, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And we are back tonight with a very special episode, just an interview. Mm-hmm. Just an interview, and this is an interview that we did at Shore Leave 34. Right, and this is, uh, we were uh, privileged to uh, see the first uh, trailer for um, the Star Trek Continues um, Right, because project. this episode, where this series takes off, mm-hmm. is right where the original series ended. Right. And it literally takes it up. Right, they the the they reenact the scene, the last scene um, of Captain Kirk getting his body back, um, and uh, we, we we had the chance to talk with um, the actor who will be playing Captain Kirk, uh, Vic Mignogna, and um, um, Jimmy Doohan's uh, the original Scotty himself's son, um, Chris Doohan, and um, the man who uh, also. Um, he, he he acted on uh, the Starship Farragut's productions, but he's also built a lot of the sets and the props and done a fantastic job doing it, um, Michael Bednar. Right. And so this is a kind of affiliated with the Starship Farragut people who you've heard about in this podcast. Right. But it's a new venture, a joint venture of them to do Star Trek Continues. Right. And they'll be releasing something, if I'm not mistaken, here in the next month or so. Mm. Farragut will be releasing their, their new episode um, soon, yeah. And when does Star Trek Continues release? I'm... Not sh- I'm, I'm not totally sure about that. Probably, probably sometime after the first of the year, I would say. Yeah, I would say. So be on the lookout for it. We thought we'd share this interview now mm-hmm. uh, because, again, Farragut does have some stuff coming out. Vic's done a ton of other stuff, a lot of voice work. You will recognize him in uh, Naruto and mm-hmm. some other things. That Dragon he's Ball Z. Yeah, um, you name it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's also um, – Done a lot of independent, you know, work too. So, um, and, and Chris Dewan, of course, is from Star Trek fame. He was in that one episode. Oh, no. Well, he, he, yeah. well, he, he, um, yeah, I think he wasn't. He, he was an original series episode. He was also uh, he got to be an extra in Star Trek: The Motion Picture and in that's uh, what I was thinking of. And, and in, in, in the J.J. Um, Abrams two thousand nine movie, um, he, he's one of the transporter room operators. That's right. He got, he got to you know make a cameo there too. So right, good. So he's been in some stuff. Right, and he's playing Scotty in. in, in uh, he's filling his father's uh, shoes. You know, he said it was kind of surreal to kind of step in and channel his father a little bit. Yeah, I would think it would be. Yeah, yeah. but we, we we had a great conversation with these guys, and and these guys are just good folks all around. They're great folks all around, and me still being so loving Star Trek the original series. Looks for, glad that there, there's. 
people still making their own. Miles, was, Miles was Big Kitty. Yeah. Big Kitty talking to Jim. Jim, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, I, I, I had a conversation with, with Chris about how I met his father once, and so that was, that was really cool. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we hope you enjoy this interview. This interview that we did. This interview that we did shortly. Thirty-four. Understand that, Captain. Her life could have been as rich as any woman's. If only. If only. She must have really loved you once, sir. Well, if it was ever really love. Turned to vengeance and anger a long time ago. Like they say, it's a thin line between love and hate. Very thin. to be struck by what passion and emotions drive humans to, what they cause you to become. Yes. Sometimes they almost envy you, Mr. Spock. Almost. What a mess. Is that a smile I see on your face, Mr. Spock? Guess not. I believe we were scheduled to rendezvous with the Potemkin. Yes, sir. In under four hours. Well, let's not keep them waiting. Lieutenant Uhura, contact and let them know we'll be lighting all the boilers, if that's all right with you, Mr. Scott. Ah, as if you had to ask. Mr. Chekhov, set a course for Beta Oragai. Course laid in, sir. Mr. Sulu, warp six. Yes, sir. 
if you're a fan of uh, classic Trek, we're delighted to bring you uh, some guests who are helping us make that happen. We just saw the first trailer presented by Vic Mignogna, who will be playing Captain Kirk, and with some of the cast and crew of Star Trek Continues. With him is the son of the late great James Doohan and uh, production designer Mike Bednar. And um, we are talking to them about uh, the new project, Star Trek Continues. Thank you for taking time to talk to us. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. Thank you. Vic, we do want to talk about your new project, Star Trek Continues, but you've had an extensive career in voice work and some of the most popular anime and video games for the last uh, couple decades. How did you get your start in voice work? Well, uh, quite by accident. <laughs> I, uh, I had been doing a lot of acting since I was very young, stage, you know, theater and on camera. And uh, about 13 years ago, a gentleman, a friend of mine in Houston, Texas, encouraged me to go and audition for this little studio that uh, were buying animation from Japan and dubbing them into English, and they were looking for actors. And he encouraged me to go and audition, and I went and auditioned, and I got cast Vega in Street Fighter II. It was the first thing okay. I ever did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then another show came along, and I got cast again, and another show, and another show, and it just kind of started picking up speed. I really had no idea that anything would ever come of it. And what I now know, looking back, is that I was fortunate enough to be on the ground floor of what ended up being quite a you know an anime explosion over the last uh, eight or nine years ten years so I really stumbled into it I really did I I tell the fans all the time I give all thanks to God because I didn't plan this Mm -hmm. I didn't see it coming I didn't beat the pavement I didn't knock on doors it was just a a door an opportunity that opened and I kind of wandered in and, Mm -hmm. and it's become a real real wonderful part of my life so you go from that to sitting in the captain's chair. <laughs> to tell me about this process for you. Well, you know, ever since I was a little boy, I was totally in love with the original series of Star Trek. I, when I was young, I, you know, would put on my uniform and, and go to Star Trek conventions and uh, fantasize about being Captain Kirk. And, and then I grew up and I studied film and shooting and editing and directing and sound design and acting and all of this other stuff and uh, and then the perfect storm took place and that was I was invited to direct an episode of a fan production called Starship Ferriot and I met Mike Bednar and John Broughton and, and Michael Day and these wonderful Holly Bednar and Tanya Broughton and these great people that make Starship Ferriot we made a great episode which you will see very soon and uh, decided, wouldn't it be fun if we were to form a partnership, get a bigger building, build more of the original sets, and, you know, pool our resources. And I, I saw it as an opportunity for me not only to help Farragut, bring my skills to Farragut, but for, for them to pool with me and create a new series, allowing me the opportunity to, uh, to fulfill a childhood dream and play character. <laughs> and then I started asking some other friends uh, if they'd be interested in being a part of it, and I found that a lot of a lot of people were very interested. And one of the big differentiations between our show and most fan series is that the the vast vast majority of our cast are actors, people that have been acting, have degrees in acting, and have been acting professionally for years. So um, we are hoping to tell stories that uh, that that are much more character driven that allow the actors to really sink their teeth into something dramatic and powerful. So what you've done is you've tapped into an acting pool that also has a love of Star Trek. Absolutely. And that people that you've built association 
association with and you've been able to kind of draw from them. Absolutely. And they're out there. And, and, they're, and, they're, and, they're, and they're out there. They're all over the place. It's just a matter of finding them. You know? And you're looking at raising the caliber then of what we call a fan film? Precisely. I, I, would, I, would, I would dare say that <clears throat> the two areas that fan, that m- the average fan production, the two areas that, that probably most would argue are the weakest links in a fan production is number one, the acting, mm-hmm. and number two, the production value. They can only do so much. Right. You know, they don't have studio budgets. They're probably not millionaires. So they can only do so much. What you end up with is like green screen or shooting a scene in your kitchen or in the backyard, doing the best you can. And I do not want to make sure you guys understand. I'm not, uh, what's the word? I'm, I'm not um, dis- being, I'm not speaking disparagingly of that. I did it myself when I was younger. But what we're doing is we have, we've involved people who are professionals in their field who just happen to be Star Trek fans as well. So our DP shoots professional feature films. He's as good as they get. Mm-hmm. And our sound guy has been in sound design and mixing business for 30 years. And our actors are people that all, you know what I'm saying? Everybody involved brings their own level of expertise. So the two areas, acting and production value, we intend to, to really raise those areas high. Even though it's still a fan production, we're not charging for it, we're not making money at it, it's purely a labor of love. The people involved are skilled professionals. Right. Question for you, Mike. You built the sets and the props for, um, for Starship America. Now you're kind of shifting gears into the, into the Enterprise. Right. What, what, what has changed for you as far as uh, with the sets and the props? If, if, uh, if actually, nothing other than the name of the ship. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that they're they're identical in every regard, um, and uh, certainly the props that we had, they're they're uh, at the disposal of uh, the Star Trek continues, um, and uh, as as much as we try to detail the sets, props are just as detailed. But again, the only thing that we had to change is literally just as you walk in the bridge, the name tag <laughs> that says USS Enterprise. The flap on USS the wall, right? That's, it, right? that's the only thing we've had to change. Well, and give him more more cushion on his chair. Right, <laughs> right, right. And, uh, and, and, yeah, more, and but, more scotch, I understand. Exactly. More scotch, a right? A little scotch dispenser. Uh, there. Hey, we're, talking, we're, talk, we're talking about Chris doing here. Mr. Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I saw you. I needed that question. I didn't think it'd be like it. But he just comes back. You know what? Can I say something about the sets real quick? Please do. They don't get any better than Mike Bednar. Okay, let me just say this without without being too specific. I've seen other sets. I've directed on other sets. I've acted on other sets. And they look good. But they're not functional. And they're nowhere near as well constructed as what Mike Bednar builds. Um, what we are building is for the purpose of shooting on. Right. Our it's not order actually works. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta try this. You know what I'm saying? Um, like they're, built, they're built for the purpose of shooting. There's a big difference between building a, a, a display, like a museum display, and building something that's functional for shooting. And that's what we're shooting towards. That's our goal. And you know what? The sets are backdrops for the story. The sets are themselves not the story they are backdrops for the actors but if the sets don't look good or they don't look right or they creak or they creak 
the, the, the viewer can never get past the fact that the sets don't look right. They interfere with the story. So you, yeah. so you must build them at a level that, it, that looks authentic and real so that they're free now to focus on the story and the characters. And Mike Bednar is uniquely qualified for that. That's awesome. Now, so the doors, working doors, and uh... Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> working doors in the sense that when the director uh, sees the actors, he's supposed to go ahead. And... There's a story here, go ahead. Doors, <laughs> and he's supposed to go ahead and say doors, and then we have um, our uh, construction guy, his name is uh, Royal Weaver, and he is responsible for doing the pulley mechanism to open the doors and close the doors when it's supposed to. So we were filming one scene for Starship Farragut, and the director <laughs> failed to call doors. Well, you can imagine John Broughton, Captain Carter, boom, right into the doors. He walked right the through them. It was the funniest. That we had done this scene. In the original scene. I know. Yeah. You've seen those bloopers, right? Yeah. We had done yeah. this scene. We had done that. We had shot this one scene about four times, and I called doors every time. And the last time, something caught my eye. I was looking off at something else. And John, and I forgot to call it, and he walked right into the doors. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That was my fault. That was my fault. Hope you had it on. No. It is. It is. Is it going to be on the outtakes? It will be on the outtakes? Good. So, I mean, the idea is, when we go ahead and finish working on the sets, we've got the major build that we're doing, and then we're going to go back, and we're literally going to make a certain button or switch operate a certain thing on the bridge. That's that's the way we want to make this work. So, just like we did with the shuttlecraft, you guys have seen it here before, I'm sure, where we had it displayed. Every switch works. Every switch does something. Mm. And that's the way we want to do with the bridge, with the corridor. When you press the intercom button, the white light comes on. When you hit uh, the red button up top, you get the, the red alert. We want all that to be functional mm. the same way it was. Have you ever thought of, I was, somebody asked me the other day, have you ever thought of putting a motion sensor in front of the turbo lift doors with a, you know, connected to an hydraulic, so when you walk toward the doors, they open? I mean, they, they, if you go on YouTube, they actually have doors that people have put in their houses. Really? Do that, right? <laughs> and uh, and it's, it's, it's expensive. Well, <laughs> and that's why we will not have. And yes. that's why I'm saying right the Chris Duhan Memorial we'll, Turbo. We'll just get somebody else to yell for doors. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> Don't count on me to yell for doors. So, the ep- just as a side note, the episode that you directed for Farragut, when are we going to be seeing that? Okay, uh, November 17th is going to be the premiere date. We're going to, uh, it's going to be, uh, for the first premiere, it will be down in Kingsland, Georgia, to kind of pay back to the people who have basically opened their arms to us. Uh, We're going to have an open house. Uh, during the day, and then we're going to go ahead and premiere the episode at night at the, uh, the local high school. Uh, nice auditorium. Uh, it's got all the latest gadgets. So yeah, that's where it's going to be. And then December first, second, third. It's whatever the Saturday, first Saturday is in December. Uh, they're going to do the uh, premiere at the Hoff Theater in College Park, and then we're going to go ahead and release it on the. Uh, on the interweb, yeah. the internet. Very good, very good. Just wanted to get that on and kind of find out. So let's back back to the project that you're working on. Uh, how did you get on board with this project? Tell us a little about well, this, Chris. But well, actually, I, I was on it. <laughs> 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 <Before, laughs> uh, I'd seen uh, Vic a couple times on Facebook and whatnot, but he, he, uh, he contacted me on Facebook and says, we need to talk. <laughs> and I don't know how much time passed 
in between that time till we actually did talk. I think I think maybe emailed me, gave me a little bit more information, and then we met. We actually met, and uh, you know, and, and uh, as I told him, I was I was a little reluctant at first, not because of anything to do with the project. I just didn't wasn't sure if I could get the Scottish accent down, whether I I had enough hair, anything of that sort. Right. And I was just I just sort of wasn't sure. And uh, I talked to my family and, and uh, other people involved with Trek, including Simon Pegg, the new Scotty. And he was one who said, it's, it's your birthright, you know, you go for it. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so, I, you know, I, I just thought about it and I said, you know what, it's, 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 it's perfect. It's, I, I love Star Trek. I obviously love my dad's character. And it was just a perfect fit. And so, uh, it's, it's all history. I mean, it, it I, I thank you for that. Yeah. And we did talk about a little bit prior to the show, what is it like to step into the shoes of your father? It was strange. Uh, as I told you, it's, we, were, we were going through the scenes uh, for, the, for the vignette, the teaser that we just, we just showed. And it didn't really feel anything at, at first. We were in there, we're doing, we're doing the, the, the stuff at the very beginning, and then we get into the turbo lift, and we do, our, we do our lines, and I didn't really feel it. And then suddenly, the turbo lift doors open to the bridge. And it hit me like it just I, the cameras, the lights, the everybody looking back, you know, the, the Sulu and Uhura. I thought this is exactly what my dad experienced. Exactly. And it was just the strangest feeling. And I said, I hope they don't take that take because I probably look like a, a deer in the headlights. <laughs> 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 I was like, what? what? I'm actually here. It's just, yeah. <laughs> so awesome. You know, awesome. It's, a, it's interesting to just to contemplate that 40 years ago, your dad stepped out of the turbo lift doors and probably saw a very very similar sight like you and it would have never occurred to him at the time when his nine-year-old was over in the shuttlecraft while he was working that's right it would have never occurred to him that 40 years later you would be in that uniform stepping onto the bridge yeah, it never occurred and to me either <laughs> and he's talking about shuttlecraft my dad would put us in the shuttlecraft to keep us out of the, out of the way I have a twin brother, Monty, and we were you know, around bunch of little kids, so he kept us in the, in the shuttle craft every time. Can you imagine any greater punishment? Yeah, I know. I'm jealous. You're yeah. in the shuttle craft. Yeah. 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 You know, seven or six or seven years old, we just have had a blast in there. It's fun. I think now that would be considered child endangerment, but not <laughs> <laughs> nobody watching us. But who cared back then? Right. I mean, come on. Right. You, Chris, you, you've not. This is not the first Star Trek production you've appeared in. You've appeared in a couple others as well. And for yeah, uh, actually, yeah. Well, the, well, the first time was uh, just an extra, and, and I was on in the, the first Star Trek movie. Mm-hmm. And my, my dad approached us and says, you know, my, my sisters were already moved out. Approached my brother and I, and he said, would you, know, would you guys like to be in, in, in the Star Trek movie? At first, this is the first one. So, you know, it's such a, really a big deal. And we went, we went uh, to go get fitted for our uniforms, and I remember that like it was yesterday. That was such a big time. I mean, just these rows and rows of these uniforms, and and it was just it was just it was sort of surreal. But we did we did that big crowd scene. So, but they had a couple close-ups. You can see me. I was I guess at that point I was uh, 19, 19 years old, I think. And you see a couple close-ups of me. I probably weighed two hundred pounds. This big, you know, pudgy little baby-faced boy. <laughs> and my brother's behind me. He was sort of like an alien. Uh, but also, I was in the in the 2009 Star Trek movie, right. and uh, they there was there was a, a fan base trying to get me to be the new Scotty in, in that Star Trek, and I, I knew I knew I wasn't gonna, they want somebody you know, known and, and right. a little younger, and 
and so they, <laughs> you know, you're laughing, aren't you? Prejudice. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I went through the same process. They, they asked me to be in it, and I went, I remember going over there to get fitted, and it was, it was just like seeing it again. So I deja vu. You see this, this row of, of clothing, you say, wow, that's so awesome. And, you know, they fitted me with my, my red shirt. And nobody killed me while I was there. And I, was, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I made it out alive. Right. You may be the one safe red shirt in the galaxy. Right. Scotty right. is, I think, worth right. But that, that was yeah. really a great experience. I, I think I worked a total of seven days at a lot of transporter students. Even though you only see me for a second here, a second there, you see me a little bit more at the very end. But I, I got to sit down and have a lot of, you know, spend a lot of time with Simon Pig, really learn about what he was about. And he is a super guy. This guy. Yeah. He, he, bend, he bends over backwards to do anything for anybody. Uh, I, as a matter of fact, he asked me, you know, he says, are you going to go to the premiere? And I said, well, I haven't been here. No one sent me a thing. He goes, two days later, he said, you're going to the premiere as my, my personal guest, you and your wife. And not only that, we had we went to the after party. He gave us personal invitations to Zach, Zachary Quinto and Chris Pine's party at his bar. And it was, it was just an amazing, amazing awesome. experience. And my wife, who is a gossip magazine freak, <laughs> you know, she follows these stars all over the place. And when we went to the first party, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. You know, Tom Cruise is behind us. The whole cast of Desperate Housewives is here. The whole cast of Lost is over here. And, and I said, you know, just go out and ask for a picture. And she said, no, I can't do that. So what we did is I, I would set her up in, in, you know, in front of the whole cast of Desperate Housewives and take a picture of her smiling. So I, and then, you know, or the whole cast of Lost, you know, or Tom Cruise or this or that. And so we have all these pictures of Kim smiling with people behind her. Right. Because <laughs> we're too embarrassed to ask. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Exactly. We're celebrities. So we were, right. we're a little, we were a little intimidated. You know? Right. I think the only person that we asked was Amanda Bynes, because my daughter loved her. Oh, got, she's got, adorable. Yeah. yeah. She's adorable. Well, you know, another nice thing about Simon is that when we announced, when we released our cast announcement, he tweeted that you were doing this. Yeah. Right. To so how many? So he has like two and a half million followers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just out of the, nobody asked him to do anything. He didn't have to do anything. But such is his friendship with Chris that when he found out that, that Chris was doing this and that, that the cast announcement had been made public, he was more than happy to shoot it out to two million people. So he's a quality guy. He yeah. really is. Yeah, he is. Now, one, great of, one of the things we, I don't think we really have established is where the story of Star Trek Continues really takes place. Because we mentioned that you're Kirk and that you're taking Scotty's place, but we haven't really said, where is the story taking place or what's happening in the storyline the the title star trek continues is literal um it literally picks up at immediately at the end of the last episode turnabout intruder the last episode ever seen ever aired in fact in the vignette our vignette did you got you saw it oh yeah we were there. it literally starts at the end of turnabout intruder and then it picks up seamlessly goes into new material and we return to the bridge and we have a couple of moments of reflection like they always did and uh, and then we continue on from there so it, it picks up literally third season you know maybe we could call it a fourth season but fourth it picks up four, immediately right? after the last episode ended right and so the episode that's going to be coming out you obviously can't tell us a lot what can you tell us about Season four. What I can tell you is, <laughs> <laughs> what I can tell you is that uh, we're sh- we're scheduled to shoot the episode, our premiere episode, uh, the middle of October. So it's written. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yes, it's written. In fact, the script went out last week. Uh, I read the, it on the plane. 
he did, and I was working on tweaking it on the plane. And uh, Mike and his team are feverishly working uh, on putting the finishing touches yeah. <laughs> on putting the finishing touches on the sets. Uh, I can tell you, I can, I can tell you that uh, it is a sequel episode to a second season episode that a lot of people who aren't even Star Trek fans remember this episode. It's one of the more well-known episodes. And I can tell you that the man who was the guest star in that episode is reprising his role as the same character in, in our premiere episode. We're very excited. It's, a, it's, a, it's really neat. And it's a, it's, a, it's a classic Trek story, you know? Um, very character-driven. Uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of pathos. And uh, we're excited. I've already got ideas for the next episodes. We just need to find people to write them. Can you say who, who wrote the script and maybe who's recording it? Um, yes, I can tell you that uh, I believe that is common knowledge now. Yep, Bobby. Uh, um, uh, it was originally written by... The story was mine. The, the story was mine. Uh, mine and Jack Marshall, we, we curated the idea of the story, the treatment, if you will. And then um, we brought in uh, some veteran Trek writers, Jack Trevino and Steve Fratt, uh, to actually turn it into script form. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a friend of ours, Bobby Nash, assisting in some just some you know some tweaks here and there, and some you know just some finishing touches. But for the official purposes, for the sake of like who, when you say who wrote this. Uh, Jack Trevino and, and Steve Fratt uh, wrote wrote the script on our story. Very good, very good. How can the listeners uh, stay informed of uh, what's going on with Star Trek Continues? That's easy. StarTrekContinues.com. I think we have .org and .net as well, but .com is easiest. Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook page. Um, Trek Continues. So it's at Trek Continues out at, on Twitter. Oh, is it? Is that yours? Is Trek Continues? I didn't, I didn't set it up. But Probably Jack. Oh. Yeah, Jack may have. Yeah. But, um, yes, StarTrekContinues.com. Uh, the, the website went up live a couple of weeks ago, and, and it's going to be being updated a lot. I have always felt strongly that um, the people that make the things, the behind-the-scenes people really need to be appreciated and, yes. and showcased. I agree. So I have already spoken with my... Uh, webmaster, we're going to have pull-down menus, show, uh, show highlighting our our crew. I want to get I've already I want to get a headshot and a bio from our crew people, our our set our set supervisor, designer and supervisor, our DP, our sound guy, because I want the fans out there to know the people behind the scenes that are making this happen. In fact, I also want to do a separate page that shows a picture of uh, my friend Jeff Johnson. And the wall plantons that he made for the corridor, and my friend Matt Munson and the tri viewer that he built for the briefing room table, and right. etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. People, Ralph Miller, picture of Ralph Miller, and the amazing Spock computer for the briefing room table that he built, or the chair backs that he that he the upholstered leather chair backs and seats that he built for the Burke chairs. These people do amazing work. And you see it on screen, you just kind of take it for granted. But I thought, you know what, we're going to make sure that people know costumes. the creative minds yeah. behind these things. Of Absolutely. course, costumes. John will be featured in the, in the production crew. All the people that do that behind-the-scenes work, I want to make sure they, they get plenty of, of attention. 
is um, is the trailer that you showed us today? Is that up already? Or yes, it that? should be as we speak right now. Okay, it should be the, up. The word, the plan so. was a simultaneous. Like I told the guys on the East Coast. In fact, I didn't even mention it. I'm such a doofus. We did a we did a you heard an it interview. Here, folks. You heard it here. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. So, uh, what I meant was uh, my middle name is Rufus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, we did Grant Imahara from MythBusters, who's playing Mr. Sulu. And Chris and I did a Crave Online interview last week. Okay. And, or two weeks ago. Maybe three weeks. I don't know. But they were saving it to premiere once we premiered this here because they knew. I told them, don't, don't put anything out until we premiere it here. So that and the people on the West Coast were told that by noon on the West Coast, it, w- it would be safe to, to put it up on YouTube, put it up on Vimeo because by then we would have finished the premiere here. Right. And uh, so I presume I've been signing this afternoon, and we've been here. So, but I presume that it's available to be seen right, now. So, yeah, absolutely. Online. And uh, my understanding from the panel this morning that you will have another teaser coming out in October, correct? Yes, we already shot another one. It's a great little. It's amazing. It's it's yeah. charming. <laughs> you know, there was there was an affectionate quality and uh, about the relationship between the the characters on Star Trek that often gets lost in fan productions. You know what I'm talking about by that? Uh, A lot of fan productions don't ever get into much humor. They don't don't get into the the subtleties of relationship between the characters. McCoy is very, he's dead, Jim. And Kirk is very, I'm the captain. And Spock is very highly logical. They're very shallow. They're very one-dimensional, stereotypical of what you think of when you think of those characters. But if you think of the original series, they were so, they were in a relationships with each other, and they were so multifaceted. So I thought, you know, we're going to do a vignette that features Uhura and Chekhov and Sulu. And it's going to be a fun little, uh, charming little vignette. Uh, And I will just tell you, I'll give you a little... A little, uh, what do you call it? A little uh, spoiler here that um, it takes place uh, during the late shift when Kirk and Spock and Scotty are not on duty and they've left Sulu in command. <laughs> and Sulu and <laughs> Chekhov. <laughs> Sulu and Chekhov and Uhura are, are manning the bridge. And it's a, a very cute little scene between the three of them. So awesome. Because it was designed to basically introduce the world to our characters, to our actors, and give them a chance to, you know, uh, establish themselves in these roles. So, And the target date for the episode release, or the target time? If I had to guess, I mean, obviously. one of the good things about being professionals at what we do is we know how to shoot right. properly, and we know how to edit properly. And walk through doors And if properly. you shoot it, no, not that yet. No. We, haven't, we haven't mastered doors, we haven't mastered calling doors yet. But, but you know what I'm saying. What I'm, what I'm saying right. from a production standpoint, if you know how to shoot and you know how to edit, you shoot it properly the first time, it edits quickly. And if, there are, if it's not special effects heavy, and this first episode is not, it's a character story, I'm going to, I'm going to say... I expect that it. I expect that it will be released by the beginning of, of next year. We'll be shooting in mid-October, and uh, we'll be shooting a little bit in Los Angeles, mostly on the sets in in Georgia. And uh, I, I think I don't see any reason, barring an act of God, right. that uh, that it wouldn't be uh, ready, early next ready year. to get out very early next year. Awesome. 
And once the sets are standing, this is another great thing. Once we build the, you only have to build them right one time. You only have to build them right once. And then they're standing, and anytime we come up with a great idea, we just go shoot it. Because they're there. They're ready to step on, turn the lights on, and make an episode. So I'd like to think that we might be able to shoot, we'll shoot at least one a year, but I'd like to think maybe we could even shoot two a year. And that really will only come down to whether we have a script ready. Right. You know, because the costumes have been done, the sets will have been done, so it'll just be a matter of finding a good story to tell. Awesome. Awesome. So when are you going to make the uh, the Vulcan ships and the Blendon ships? (laughs) (laughs) When the script calls, <laughs> he'll do it too, man. When the script calls, when the script calls, hey, look, uh, price of anything, call for a Romulan ship. That's right. Oh my gosh! Wait till you see. It's in the trailer, but wait till you see the Romulan bridge that Mike built for the the upcoming episode. It's just breathtaking, and Matt Busey lit it so beautifully. And that I mean, you'd swear that we were green screening the original series stuff. It's just perfect. Awesome, perfect. Well, thank you guys so much for thank taking you. some time out of your schedule just to chat with us about it. And we're looking forward to having more track. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. appreciate it. All night duty personnel report status for shift change. Why do I keep volunteering for night shift? Because it counts points toward promotion. Besides, it's not so bad. Easy for you to say from where you're sitting. Rank has its privileges. Boys. Boys. Is it... comfortable? Hmm? Because it looks... comfortable. Why don't you find out for yourself? You must be joking. It is comfortable. I could get used to this. Who am I? <laughs> now you must be joking. Course heading, Captain? Call me Saw. <laughs> you know, the best starship in the fleet will be the first one commanded by a woman. Czar, you're relieved. Don't mind if I do. Uh, doesn't this just feel right? Lieutenant, open up a channel. My... You look absolutely beautiful today. <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Chekhov, Mr. Sulu, set a course for Starbase 10. Hi, Captain. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Steady as she goes, Captain. All ships report ready for ship change, Captain. Maintaining course as per your previous orders, Captain. Would you come here a minute, please, Lieutenant? I can't imagine a better female captain. Someday. If I know anything, I know you have what it takes to command. And so do you. And you. Your ships will have the finest captains in the fleet because I've got the finest crew. In the fleet. Maintain course and heading, Ensign. 